0: All right, Ben, we're live. Um, uh, welcome to the Bobo Talks podcast. I'm the host, of course, Bobo, and here with my two proud guests, Ledge and Spartan. Hey, how's it going? Hey, And uh, today we're going to be looking at each team, kind of dissecting the roster and the performance in the draft. So without further ado, let's begin.
1: So how about we start off with the Halifax 21st, what they've done?
2: So just going to kick this off with a real brief disclaimer. So for one, major props to Rory for basically sliding in like what was it, a day, two days before the draft taking over, um, having to flip up his draft board from what he was prepping for Mexico, and having to switch that right over to whatever Halifax needed. So he kind of just slid in there on like a real short notice. Um, there's the announcement that can be seen that Commies made about what all happened, but for having to go in on such short notice. I think Rory did a very good job.
0: I think we can all agree about that. That's definitely a good point. And shout out to Rory for doing that. Great guy, great GM. Now let's look at his team. Yeah, so, he had some pretty good pickups in the draft,
1: I gotta say. Yeah, so how about we look at the draft performance and see what happened.
0: So off the bat, they went in with a bang and selected uh, Philip Stein, which I thought honestly would go earlier on the first round. Um, how do you guys feel about that pick?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it was just the constant story of the draft, and we're definitely going to like touch on it later over and over again when we look at the draft for every team. But the run on defensemen was real. There were a whole bunch of defensemen that went in the first round, lower TPE folks going before top forwards, such as Philip Stein, Willie Myers. Um, and again, this this isn't like a ding to them. They were just in the unfortunate position where defensemen were a rarity. So a lot of teams that were trying to contend were targeting those players early and often And you just have talent like Philip Stein and Willie Myers dropping down to the end of the second round. And even some other really good forwards like Neely Rantanen, who is is just one TPE behind Willie Myers at the time of the draft, goes uh, what nine picks later, or technically seven, because two of the picks before were forfeited. But people really wanted defensemen. They went out and got them. So Halifax was able to pick up some really nice forwards with... Their first three picks.
0: Yeah, and that is a really good example of that in Willie Myers, the left winger, who is really going to be a very important asset for the Halifax team. They're going to be winning any kind of championships this year, whether that be the league title or the Founders Cup. And one great sporting forward. Go ahead. The, the The one big concern, though
1: they
2: don't have a center. They don't have a single center on the roster. They don't have anyone with anything invested into face-offs. If
3: so, you can sort of get a guy to get some into face-offs, but... You
2: could. And, like, I've done this in, in the past when I had only one forward spot available, and basically I had someone who wanted to join the VHL and also wanted to join Las Vegas because he had a friend on the team. And the only spot that I had left was the center position. So I was like, if you want to join, you're going to be playing center. So I'm going to need you to put a bit into face-offs. So I didn't ask for anything crazy, just like maybe 10, 15 TPE because it's like a lower line thing. But possession is real when it comes to SDHS. If you're winning face-offs, you're securing possession for your own team. So Halifax may just try to make up for this with sheer forward talent. Um Though I guess like the interesting thing is, did they trade Willie Myers?
0: Um, no, I do. But he's still on the Halifax Twenty First. Um, oh,
2: that is odd because when I look at his when I look at Halifax's team page, he's not on their roster. You he he
0: did get called up. I'm looking at his page right now. He did get called up.
3: He today,
0: yeah. Yeah, so, so, so that's
2: definitely unfortunate for Halifax, but that does make sense. Um, pretty shocking to see, honestly. But he had a goal in his first games, or goal in his first two games on his first shot, too. So probably
0: already doing better than my uh, than Marimoto is. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, moving down a bit, we see Eli Rantanen, which will most likely take his spot on that forward, that left wing. Um, he's putting up a show right now, seven points in two games. How do you feel about this pick?
3: Again, one of those guys that fell over, like, spine just because of the run on defensemen. And I think his TPE has kind of been dropping off lately. Like, just looking at his update log here, like, he's dropped a lot in the VHL, VHL draft. Yeah, and he's just looking, he's starting to get into the welfare. So, I mean, it's a... A combination of that and the run on defenseman and you can see why he dropped a bit
0: once he gets his tpe picking back up i'm expecting big things out of him so a little bit afterwards halifax takes kyle glass which is sitting at 131 tpe which is a little bit of a downgrade from the 202 and 203 prior but he's still putting up good amount of points me personally, I'm liking where they're going with the forward court in Halifax. Kyle Glass really adds to that. You know, he brings that scoring. He brings that. He brings that touch that really will help the top six kind of find their ways and kind of help out the Halifax team.
2: Yeah, so it's so it's definitely going to be interesting to see because. They have two good goalies on this squad. Um, one is Flames fan who was signed as a as a free agent, um, and the other one who was who was drafted. But then they also have three defensemen, none of them over 100 TPE or TPA even. One of them with no TPA hasn't applied anything. So definitely going to be interesting to see how this Halifax squad grows over this next season Um and to see whether the rest of the roster can match up with their top forward line.
0: Yeah, definitely. Looking at their uh, defensemen, you see you have Sean Glade, the fourth here, who's the best defenseman seeing at 75 TPA, which is concerning for that team. But I feel like they can go somewhere even if like their forward, the forwards are going to put up a lot going to help out those defensemen. They're going to probably have to play a little more defensively. Gonna kind of boost the lower level people and then you have guys like uh, Ryan Alberts, Rylan Alberts who hasn't have applied he hasn't applied anything. So the sky's the limit for that guy I'm expecting. Yeah. yeah.
1: He happened pretty successful flavor signings so far.
0: Success? Yeah.
1: But, yeah, so, I mean,
2: again, this is a team that that is stacked at the very top, and a lot of it is just going to depend on how could they do with waiver signings and then kind of like the rest of their roster um, get up to par with the stars here. So that's going to be a big
1: part of it. So... What are you expecting out of Halifax? Are you expecting a championship, playoff appearance? What are you guys thinking? Okay. Uh, I, think, I mean, yeah, let's go for it. Uh, sure. Um, so I, they do have that firepower
3: up front, which I think is good. Although losing Myers was obviously a pretty big blow. But I think they still have a top-solid team. Like, Dee's obviously going to be their only really downside. Well the if Sean if Sean Glade the fourth, if he gets rolling in T P E, they could just yeah, you know,
1: they could rely on him. And they got a pretty strong team with the goalie tandem and the firepower at fourth. Yeah, I I do agree with you a lot. Um do you have anything to
0: say Spartan? Maybe.
2: not really, I think with as is the case with a lot of teams, um, like Minnesota and Houston were like the only two that are coming into the season basically set up to compete, and I'm sure that we'll touch on that later. But when you have very few teams openly competing, you open up a lot of room for teams such as Halifax to be going hard after waiver players and developing their drafted players and Making the playoffs, it's not very hard to do in the end. Um, Even teams that tank, like Miami and UConn last season, were openly selling assets, and they both still made playoffs. Lost in the first round, though. But, like, it is not difficult to make the playoffs. So Halifax, I think, will definitely make the playoffs here. Um, how far they go will be dependent on how the rest of the team develops around the Stars.
1: So speaking of Houston,
0: let's move on to the team that, in my opinion, fleeced the draft this year. Because, as you may know, or if you don't know, each team can only have three first-round picks in the draft. They can't have someone get fined or, or there's going to be a punishment laid out. But how, what Houston did was interesting. They actually allowed a team to pick for them, then they traded for that player along with assets, future picks. And I think what they did is genius for like a cup run. Now later on, it's going to hurt them. What do you think? Um, I mean, if I'm being honest,
2: they really didn't need to go as all in as they did. Um. Because I think even with just their three first-rounders and potentially trading up for another one and maybe trading some picks for for defensemen, they probably still would have been the favorites in this season because they have capped goalie Trent Gibson, who was drafted last season. They also have John Weber, Paul Weber, the brothers who both remain for another season on Houston despite John Weber being capped. Vladimir. Blinsky also staying for another season so all they really had to do was draft like one or two defensemen because they had uh Jared Carter coming back and then they made a couple of trades for other folks so did they need to go as all in as they did possibly maybe not um but they also still have plenty of Draft picks they have two first next season. I believe the page won't load for me right now. Um, yeah, they have two first next season then fit two fifths and two sevens, and then in season seventy eight two first a second, and then some lower round picks, so they didn't
1: sell the farm, but they're easily the favorites here. yeah, I would
0: have to agree here, um. Of course, looking at, we're more going to look at the top three that they selected. And we're going to, I want to take a look at Asher Reinhardt and that deal. But they have the first overall pick and they make a great selection, in my opinion, with Paul Atreides. Um, amazing center. He can bring a lot to that first line. Uh, Sky Flamin' for the guy.
2: Yeah. And I mean, you just look at the users behind, like, the first two picks, Mr. Hatter and Orbiting Death. Like, both of them had immense success as players in the VHL. Um, Orbiting Death's player, Condor Adrienne, is basically a lock for the Hall of Fame, and Hatter's goalie, Raymond Bernard, is also someone who can be entering the Hall of Fame very soon as well. So two really great users um, that you definitely want to have on your team and then RJ manages to get his own player back on the squad.
0: How about we look at that move, that trade, because that was arguably one of the most blockbuster deals.
2: They made a whole whole bunch of trades like that. Um, They basically gave up, what, a, a second, third, and fourth spread across three seasons, which is really good value, in my opinion. When you're spreading picks out across drafts, not only one are you limiting your own stash in like terms of how much you're giving up because you're splitting it out amongst the years, so you're not weakening any one pick stash too much, but the team that you're also giving it to, they don't have as many picks in one season because by the time someone is picked in say seventy six they're going to be gone by seventy eight so it's a really you have to be really careful when you're picking what picks you're getting back and what you're you're giving away.
0: Yeah, I mean, along also with a player like Ashton Reinhardt under the user of RJ, who is a, you know, he's Houston's GM. You know, that's that's saying something in itself. But Mikey Harris was the second-round pick they gave up this year. So um, I like he has the sky's limit for the kid. You know, he's been playing a lot of first, second-line minutes. But also, if you look up a little bit, you have a huge trade sent the Blob and Germano shows to Houston for fourth, third, Craig Martin, Jackson Richard, and the second. That's just another one of those big trades. How do you feel about that one?
3: I think that one was more just almost depth players. because like, The Blob's kind of been in the VHLM for a couple seasons now, but he's gotten into like that 240 TPE. I think he's even capped now, but yeah, him and Hencho's that's really that run on D again, and it's going to be at an expensive price. And it came at that. They gave up, uh, I think, a fourth this season. The Declap bombs are us a goalie. Um, They got a, a 77 third and second. And then, yeah, Jackson Richard and Craig Martin. So, I mean, it came at a high price, but I mean, if you're going to go all in, then you got to go all in. Like they proved that in the last trade They're willing if they're willing to trade all these future assets. They might as well go all in. I think the blob and Jermaine Henchos, that's a big step.
0: And I mean, looking at Miami's side on this deal, you know, you have guys like Jackson Richard, who is, you know, this defenseman that can go in, play on your top four. He can put up points while also blocking a lot of shots, playing well defensively. And then you have guys like Craig Martin, you know, who really boosts your forward core and allows you to have more versatility when it comes to your offense.
1: So it's like a win win for each team in my opinion, yeah, I mean, I think that just about like says it all for for Houston and what
2: they've put together i mean there's there's definitely no arguing that they're gonna be the favorites. There's not much of a question. they've got the goalie, they've got the defense, they've got nine forwards. Eight of whom are above 200 TPA. So they've had some interesting games to start off the season. Um, got taken to OT in the first game against Vegas, and then destroyed the Aces in the second game, eight to three. So that's probably kind of indicative to how their their season's going to go. They may have some challenges with some other teams that are also pretty strong and um, developing well late season because you can't go higher than capped. But other teams can keep developing while Houston is going to kind of peak at some point. And then it's going to be interesting to see whether the line chemistry that Houston has is going to be enough to beat the rest of the team and other or beat other teams in the league as they also develop and develop their own chemistry.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. You have such a well rounded core and going all in at the draft may have been may have worked out well for them. If they can win a chip this year, it'll be all worth it, of course. Um I definitely think they're favorites. I agree with you on that. They're either them or Minnesota, which we're gonna be talking about soon, will win the league title and I expect they've been some
1: Houston. I think he's a ad,
3: I think at this point,
1: it's really down to those two teams. Like, we'll look at the Storm in a bit, but,
3: yeah, it's pretty clear that these two are the favorites.
0: Yeah, so um, now let's look at the Aces, your team, Spartan. Um, so I think we'll move in to start off with you. How do you think you guys did in the draft? Um, I mean,
1: all things considered, you know, um, or I guessing the best place to start is going into the draft.
2: We had one active forward line, uh no active defenseman, and a goalie above two hundred GPA. so that's not really a recipe for success. I will say that I was shopping around a lot of assets, potentially taking a year like Ottawa to. Rebuild, potentially get a high pick, come back um next season nice and strong, but having made those trades earlier in the season, we had picks seven and eight um, and no offense to the people who were available, but it just made no sense for Vegas to keep both of those picks, considering that we didn't necessarily have the um, the firepower or depth to be competing. So pick seven was a draft and trade to Houston, got uh, two seconds and a fourth, um, while giving away pick seven and a fifth. So Houston wanted defense, so I was happy to do that for them, and then eight picked a really nice uh, winger that we would need on our uh, second line in Lenny Sanderson, Um, and then as as part of that trade with Houston, we were able to pick Viper in the second round, who is going to be a big part of our team this season and potentially even next season. Um, then I guess going down, then our next pick was in like the fourth round. So we picked Tri's center. I have some really good experiences with try having played on, this, played on the same team with him as his last player in both the VHLM and the VHL. So he was a pretty good pickup. Definitely brings a lot of experience to the locker room. Um next pick was what sixth round. So we've got Dart center as well. Um who we think is gonna develop nicely for us. Morgan Carlson Goalie, who will um become our starter next season, Bellerin. Another young player who's already joined our locker room and will again looking forward to next season we'll be developing most of this season and then playing a big role next season. And then the same old narrative with Matty Ice picked in the eighth round who to our locker room has been active. So that's all the stuff that we want to see when we're drafting, just trying to get some active folks and um, helping them reach their potential. So nice long overview, but I'm happy with my draft.
0: I just want to go into a little more depth about Rusty Nail. so. He was actually Phillies, one of their bottom tier defensemen last season and of course we won the chip, as you may you may have heard a lot, but um yeah, he played pretty well I would say. Um I did kinda of wanna see him on Las Vegas, but I do see where you're coming from with the whole seventh and eighth. He didn't really need to keep that, you didn't really have space. So I love that trade and yeah. How do you think you guys are gonna be doing this season?
2: I think it's going to be similar to what i said about halifax um because again you can only be so bad in the end and miss the the uh, playoffs and i think our first game or well first of all full disclaimer i didn't even send lines for like our first two games jigs just tossed something into sdhs and um sent those in. So to take Houston into OT and uh, being able to get a point out of that is, I think, pretty big. So we've definitely got a really good forward line. We've got a very good goalie. Um I think he stopped, like, what? 47? Um, 40, 40, uh, no, I can't do math. 49 shots uh, for 53. So really good Performance by Oksuko in in goals. So as long as we just keep getting those performances, we signed um, a really nice waiver defenseman, tactical hammer. Brought a free agent defense or two free agent defensemen in. So we're just gonna try to continue bolstering our defense and um, yeah, we'll we'll probably make the make the playoffs. But overall development is gonna determine
0: how how far we go. Anything you want to add, Ledge? Before we move on.
3: Yeah, um, I think after the draft, the Aces had um their deep core was not looking good, but I think, yeah, adding those three guys, those are some solid players. Like, you got Bouncy Elf at 218 TPE, a welfare guy, but just a great defenseman overall, a great build. You got, um, yeah, Tactical Hammer was a great pickup and from the waivers. He should get pretty high in his first season here, so. Yeah, I really like that, and I think this team will
0: probably get into the playoffs. Speaking of a team that's probably going to get into the playoffs, here we have Mexico City and um, a team that was partially managed by Rory, who is now, of course, as previously mentioned, Halifax's GM. Another shout-out to Rory. You've been doing great with Halifax. But let's take a look at how they did in the draft. Um, They picked Hedrion early. Who, of course, is a big, big boy defenseman, great build, really focused on that defense that you love to see, especially in this league. And sky's limit for the kid. Uh, Then, if we go down here, they didn't really have a lot of picks in the middle of uh, rounds until you hit round four, what they picked. Oldwin Craig, which is a left winger, again so much left to do. I like how he's centering his build around defense and scoring and skating as well. And checking. surprising amount of checking in there. And then you have Nugget. Chicken nugget. The other scoring, defense, checking. And finish off picking a bunch of depth, which I feel like that'll boost them later on. In Hobby Bowl, you have Schwinslow, and then you have Nolit. So I feel like they've done a lot. I feel like they've come a long way, and I'm expecting another maybe round finals appearance from them.
3: Yeah, I think they did pretty well in the draft, considering that they had a really good team last year and should have had like no picks, but yeah, I think the Hadrian pick really signals that they probably won't go for the cup this year. Like, because they could have picked a Philip Stein or a Willie Myers there. but instead, so they pick a defenseman who's a recreate, so he's probably going to stay. And he's probably going to be there to save another season. So I'm guessing their plan is to maybe sell off some of their assets this season, or even go for it. They have a strong team to go for it too, but yeah, they have options, I mean. They picked up some great talent and they still have some bunch of guys left over from last year. Like they have Chris Foley almost capped. They have Kiko Moskinen, Magnus Verlander, Mando That Those guys are all returning and above 200. So, yeah, I think they have a decent shot for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, the roster is so well-rounded. You know, you have a bunch of 200-plus guys in your forward core. Then you have... Good chunk of people, 100 plus on your defense. And they have a full three pairs. So that's really going to boost them. It's going to give them an the advantage. And they have a solid goaltender and Jonathan boosted.
1: Uh, yeah. That's. I'm expecting Mexico City to make the playoffs. And from there, who knows what's going to happen? Yeah. So, uh,
3: Playoffs are always crazy in this league. Like, we saw what happened with the um, S75 Miami Marauders, the Waiver Warriors, knocking off the Halifax, who had one of the best teams in visual in history, knocking them off in the first round, knocking Vegas, and then sweeping the hands in the finals. Anything can happen. I think the Kings are probably looking for revenge this time around.
0: Against Philly, you know. <laughs> um... Uh, do you have anything to add, Spartan, that we missed? Not
2: really. I mean it's somewhat repetitive to a point. Like when you just look at the um you've got ITPA folks making um then also making moves to get some defensemen in the in the draft while also retaining a couple people from from previous seasons and big big hit and Giftopolis, so They've got the recipe for success. A lot of it will depend on whether their goalie can handle being a full time starting goaltender. Um, Because under 180, I mean, honestly, any any goalie, regardless of TP, can struggle for inexplicably no reason whatsoever. Um, But they've won both of their first two games, so. They're in a good spot right now. They're just gonna have to keep the the uh, grind up, and they can probably make a deep playoff run.
0: Uh I really agree with a lot of what you said there. They're geared up. They have the assets, and he's gotta do it. Um, now looking at the Miami Marauders. Miami, yeah, this this team right here made some moves, and we actually highlighted one of them previously with the Germano Hen shows move to Houston and looking at the draft for Miami here, have Alexander the Great, you know, Trevor Wallace, you know, you have more world conquerors than Napoleon Bonaparte, you know. And Jokison and Sumanen. A lot of great guys that could really become something let's give in a year or two of development. And that will really help them out if they're case another trip like
1: they did in '74. Uh, so,
3: yeah, yeah, I do like the what they did with the draft. Like, I think Reiser said that they're not going to contend this year, which is a shame because they still have a bunch of good players. But they do have a lot of assets to sell off. That happens. Like, I'm really excited about Trevor Wallace. Just me, like, like just looking at the update logs, a TP machine. It looks like his build's in the right place. And just, he's got so much room to develop here now. So I think Miami's path will probably be selling off the Bonaparte or Dawson. And yeah, they can get a good amount of picks with those assets right there.
0: I agree. So looking at Trevor Wallace's uh, page, this guy is putting out TPE. He's capping every week. You know he's doing everything right, he checks all the boxes, and I can't wait. And yeah, I mean I can see them trading away Napoleon Bonaparte. There's only room for one world conqueror on this uh, on this team, but yeah, um, Alexander the Great it could end up like Bonaparte. No, I think I remember him being. I think both of them actually are assistant captains of Miami, so. Now I could
1: be wrong about that, but I do I do believe that they have a lot to prove this season, and they're going to be they're going to be something special.
2: Yeah, and and I think one thing to look out for is Phoenix Dawson being on the move. Um, I don't see any situation where he remains on the team for the entire season unless Miami tries to make a massive push. Um. To like really compete, but they're gonna have to they're gonna need all of their players to buy and they have a very low TP goalie. Um so look for Phoenix Dawson to be traded to try to recoup some assets for the for the next draft. Um and yeah, just Miami could squeak into the playoffs. They could also miss the playoffs. It will really, really depend. Um they got lucky and they played Mississauga for the first two games, and they were able to squeak out two wins, so um,
1: they have potential. Will will really just depend how um, they all grow. VHL is all about growing, and um, especially
0: in the VHLM, you know, you're not supposed to stay around; it's supposed to go up. And uh, yeah, so let's look at our next team, uh, Minnesota Storm. This is a team that completely went nuts in the draft, and I mean that. Because when we look at the um, draft performance, the second round especially, one, two, three picks. Third round, one, two, three, four, five picks. Fourth, one, two, and you get how where this is going to be going. You have all of these ta- all of these assets, all this talent that's going to be making up this uh, Minnesota Storm team this year. and It's going to be something special to watch. Can't wait. Um, they're just going to be something special. That's all I really have to say. Highlight uh, I'm seeing from this draft for Minnesota has to be Telker. Brendan Telker, I feel like he has the build. He has the talent. He continues updating more frequently than he can do wonders. That dude is... Eleven and that dude with seventies all across the board. You know, very... I mean, my my one glaring issue
2: with this team um is first of all they have thirteen forwards. So someone's the odd one out. So I'm guessing one of them is playing defense. And just a note about competitiveness versus development, it's a So the the M's primary purpose is recruitment, retention, development. Like, that's very commonly known. At the same time, teams definitely want to compete because it improves the player's experience. If they're doing well, their team's winning, right? So running a 12-8-2, because they have seven defensemen. So 13 forwards, seven defensemen, two goalies. So they're basically moving one of the forwards to defend, so they're running a 12-8-2, sometimes can harm your team more than help. Um, So in their first two games, they did not struggle with that whatsoever um, because they have a very loaded top six compared to the rest of the league. But I've definitely seen in the past when you do fill up with a whole bunch of active earners, but they're all stashed on like the bottom six, And they're around like 100 to 170 ish TPE. You're kind of limiting the effectiveness of your top two line forwards and your like your top two defense pairings because the lower line guys are getting or like siphoning off some of the time. So it'll be interesting to see how they continue to do with so many mouths to feed. And um, if they can manage all of that, keep winning, and keep everyone happy, then they've done a job very well.
0: Um I also see a glaring issue and that is their goaltending. They have their highest goaltender is 158 TPA Tater Tot which isn't the best considering they have such a talented forward and defense core but also then again that talented defense core is going to help back up that goaltender and hopefully limit the amount of shots taken on him. But as that goaltender grows, I feel like this team could be lethal. I'm, I'm expecting a championship championship and league title out of Minnesota.
3: One thing I would like to put out there is that they don't really have any star forwards, I would say. I mean, other than the Telker, they, like, only like three forwards above 200 TPE, and okay. one defenseman above 250, 200. So I mean... Considering what Spurden said about all the shoving guys in the fourth line, I can see them pulling a like selling off some of the lower guys for star talent. And look, looking at their draft picks in S seventy seven, wow, like two firsts, two seconds, three thirds. Like they can they have, they can afford to lose some picks here. Getting a Stein maybe from that the twenty first, you know.
1: And the goalies, too, that's a glaring issue that can be solved with some of that, like the younger assets that they have. Only time can tell about how this team will be doing, you know. Next up,
0: um, unless you want to add anything else, Spartan. Nope, um, I'm all good. All right, let's look at our next team here. We have uh, Mississauga. Now, this team. I want to put this out here before. Another shout-out to them for completely switching everything up and trying something new. Another GM, I think Dogman, was, I think that was a GM before. He left. Zetterberg came in. He finally won a GM spot. He finally got it. Fire T Cookie. I love. He's great. And looking at the roster, it's full. But I'm not seeing any kind of glaring talent apart from Owen Taylor on there. And they only have three defensemen, Man, goal goaltending, expecting a playoff spot, but not expecting them to go far.
2: I mean, I'm number one to count the team out. Because, um, I mean, you look at this team and they're just a younger version of Vegas, right? Like, they have a bunch of forwards who were just recently drafted, so a lot of time for them to develop. They're obviously looking towards the future rather than the present, but if if Bowman, who was also drafted to Moscow and has a really, really nice build. I really like what he's done so far, just 162 TPA. But if he can continue to build on that, you have three active defensemen developing as well, all of them with really nice builds, prioritizing defense. Um, and then you've got a whole bunch of forwards. So if just a couple fail, you're okay. You've got backups for next season. Um, they're in a really good spot. and. I've heard from from sources as well that Mississauga is primarily looking towards 77. But don't be surprised if they make
1: a playoff push this season as well, depending on how the team as a whole can develop.
0: Yeah, I really like what you said there. Um, Taking another look, I do see what you mean. They are gearing up for the future, not the present. And if they were gearing up for the present, they would have probably gone out and acquired a player that's either close to capping or already capped. at that, two, uh, that 250 marker, uh, probably they'll bulk up their defense more. And, I mean, looking at their picks, they're definitely geared. They have yeah, S-77 Philadelphia, Mississauga first, two seconds, a third, a fifth, sixth, sixth, seventh. They're geared. They're geared for the future, and I just cannot wait to see what this team will become
3: yeah it was pretty clear i think it became clear that they're going for the future like they lost in the finals last year after not having like in my opinion not having one of the top two teams in the league sorry that was two seasons ago but yeah they didn't have didn't have an exciting season last season but it looks like they're going for the future because they took um i think the aurelian moreau they traded for that pick they took Chris P. Bacon again with a D run, and that really set them up for the future. Like a bunch of these picks, like even later in the draft, they're taking guys that can help them next season, like a Miles Johnson or a Guy Lambert. Like you have guys that'll be in their two hundred, like just peaking at their two hundred at the start of next season. And yeah, they they should be scary with all their picks.
1: I hundred
0: percent agree. Um, if anyone
1: has anything to say say it because I'm ready to move on to the next team here yeah let's go
0: um the next team down on our list of teams we have to cover are the Ottawa Lynx I'm expecting for them not to do this like too well this season but I'm expecting a big performance of them in S77 because when you look at what they have, what they're running, and the look at the draft. They unfortunately had to pass on that second overall spot, which is a huge blow. But they ended up coming back. You know, Barry Taft, very capable goaltender. He's updating. He's very active. I feel like he's going to do a lot. Um, leaning Tower of Pisa. He's an up-and-coming right winger. A lot of potential, let's build on uh, Chicago as well. You have guys, the Tickster. I loved him on the UConn. I felt like he really connected well with everyone in the locker room. He just put up a show, or he, was, he set to put up a show, my bad. Along with Joshua, similar situation. And yeah, lots of depth pickups here in this draft. Uh but definitely gearing up for the future. That's 100% for sure. And I'm expecting big things out of them in a season or two from now. For now I just want them to take it slow. Baby steps are always important and just guys like Theodore Hoffman up to the VHL and
1: Yeah. About it.
3: Yeah, I do like what they did with the um their picks in like the draft here, although those forfeit takes that hurt them. Like that second overall pick, that could have been a Duncan Idaho the links there, and they get the first pick in round three. Fourthed again, like they did have a pretty good draft. Like they took Barry Taft again, and he's a decent goalie. He's got 175 TPE, and so he'll be. I don't. He might be a one-season thing. So I think right now, like they don't look at their draft picks. They're not that loaded next season. They created their first, so um. I think the, one of the better situations for them is if they were to, pick, to be able to pick up, say, a waiver goalie, and they could be able to trade Taft to say that the Storm who need a who need a goalie and Taft is that kind of goalie that they need.
2: Yeah, and I mean, I was a little surprised to see them picking a goalie with their their first selectable pick of this draft. Um, <laughs> especially when there were a couple other, like, defensemen, like Baron Kroenstein, VHLM legend, like King Kruel look it up sometime. But he played for San Diego for, like, a bunch of seasons, was on Vegas when I was on Vegas in 71. Um, and he was just, like, a career Emer for, for most of the time. So that's a very good user. He's from the SBA. um, You know, just... A little surprising that they decided to go with a goalie, especially one that, as you mentioned, could cap and head out. But it will be very interesting to see how they just proceed from here. Because if, if I were them, I would have taken Krolenstein at 23, and take, and instead of taking Leading Tower of Pisa at 37, taking Klatt, Bombs or us. So you still get a goalie for the future, and you can also get a defenseman for the future as
0: well. Um, yeah, definitely. though I do feel as if very he's a good guy, I like um he likes he's very committed to a single team. I don't think he would handle being traded very well, but sometimes that's just the business you have to do things that players might not like even if it, because it helps out your team and yeah, so I'm not expecting much from them. I don't know if you guys are either, but they're just going to be a bottom-feeding team for me.
2: Yeah, and, like, if their first games indicate anything, it's definitely going to be a rough uh, season up ahead, losing to Philly 8-2 to and then losing to Halifax 7-4. to So it's going to be a struggle, um, and it's also a rough position for them to be since they don't even have their own first. So maybe they're just hoping that that the rest of their picks are going to be higher than... Like a playoff team or like a mid-tier team, so it's going to be an interesting future for for Ottawa. But Doc is a Doc is a very good GM. He's a very good guy. I've I've had really good interactions with him, so I have faith that Ottawa is in good hands. Just hoping that they turn the height of the organization soon because they haven't had success in a bit.
0: I mean, they're one of those teams that's been around for so long. Um, they're not just gonna give up like that. They've been known to be very persistent. They've known to put up a fight. And yeah. So what if they had two bad seasons? And they're gonna come back. That's how this that's how this league works. You know, no one no one team's gonna be good for two plus years. If they are, yeah. good job to you, you've done well, but
2: And they and they had a lot of success in, in sixty seven. They got the Founders Cup, Prime Ministers Cup and then again in uh 71, Prime Minister's Cup, Founders' Cup as well. So they've had a recent success, but since 71, like they just haven't had anything. And their lack of significant draft picks for the next few drafts is going to make it difficult for them. Um, but this next draft already, I think, is starting to shape up pretty nicely with the amount of new creates that we've had. Um, and if this recruiting grind keeps going, then those depth picks can be very valuable to Ottawa.
0: A hundred percent you know you have all these people coming from YouTube, you know I'm an a g m part of my job is to reach out to these people and pitch my offer to them for them to sign with my team and I'm seeing where these people are coming from, you know YouTube, discord, and you know you have Instagram as well. I've seen a couple of those, so it's really really interesting to see people coming from all different walks the internet coming together on this league, so pretty diverse I do say so myself.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that's just about as descriptive as we can really get for for Ottawa. So we'll just have to see what their, what their future entails.
0: Moving on to the team I partially manage, uh, the Philadelphia Reapers. Uh, right off the bat, I can say that our draft has been pretty successful. No bias here. I think that Ashton Reinhardt wasn't I'm not sure he, or she, uh, he would have been on the first line 100%, but I feel like the pick, Mikey Harris, is going to be great. He's going to be that guy who's going to step up to the plate, really have that first-line opportunity, come out swinging. As you saw against Ottawa, eight goals. I mean, come on. That's that's a lot. That's a lot of goals scored by people like uh, Reno Jack. You know, you got guys like him coming in, and you get got guys like Lloyd Trepenier, who might not be good now, but he's damn well going to be good later on. And you have Genghis Khan. And all these guys who are going to come together along with all of our stashed picks up for S78, not 77. That's going to be our year. So
2: one thing that I am a little concerned about is you guys have four defensemen who will be around next season but all of your picks are for 78. Do you think that Philly, like you and D-Max, are going to try to shift some of those picks from 78 to 77 to try to maximize the season where you're going to have a top four that will most likely all be above
1: 180, 200 TPA? We see 77, that draft...
0: We're looking to have picks, but we're looking to really stockpile up for
2: 78. Yeah, so like, so like that's my question, because you look at your defensemen, you're not going to have all four of those players in 78. If they're active, they're all going to be gone by the end of next season, which is before you have your massive pick haul. Do you think like you're going to make some moves to try to maximize when
1: you actually have a full defense? I feel as if
0: that definitely is an issue because you want you want to have a solid defensive core, or you had eight defensemen. You had too many, but um, yeah. yeah, I feel as if maybe going out and getting two people to fill out that bottom mm-hmm. pair, while also converting some of those picks from seventy eight to seventy seven not only boost our defensive core, right, but also to boost our forwards core because that's, what I'm at, that's one of our issues, if you would yeah. ask me, we're going to have later on because we have Thomas King who's on the cusp of moving up. You have uh, Joe Nielsen who, again, 227, that's so close. A couple weeks from then, you know, he or she's up. Mikey Harris, who's rapidly developing. Then you have... Um, guys like Genghis Khan, again, who's updating rapidly, Sports Boy, 57. all these people who are going to be gone, right? They're not going to stay around, and we're just going to have to fill in those gaps as time goes on.
2: Yep. Fair enough.
3: Yeah, I do think those pickups of, um, those weird pickups of Dogeman and Kendrick, those are some, those are pretty big um, recreates there. I think that could really set you up for this season, I mean, already at like 100 TPE, both of them. So those are pretty solid pickups.
0: Yeah, that's what we're aiming for. We're aiming to reach out to every single new create, welcome in. And I didn't even know they recreated. Like I, I gotta, I gotta admit, I didn't know they recreated. That's, that's cool to hear. Usually recreates are known to have more frequent updates, more TPE. They're usually capping out. So knowing that it gives it gives me hope. I'm pretty sure. I feel like those guys can be a huge um they can make huge impacts, huge strides in the league. I you.
1: Yeah,
2: so future is definitely bright. It's Gonna be interesting to see how you and D Max
1: manage all of that. So best of luck. Best of luck to your race as well. Now
0: this team, the San Diego Marlins, I feel, apart and the Hounds, are one of the most interesting teams because, of course, Rockstar, being on, it was bound to happen soon, 10 seasons, insane amount of time. Then they go in sad. He becomes the GM. I wasn't expecting, I don't know if you guys were expecting it, but I was expecting him to take an AGM role before. But I'm glad to see him getting that time. And I love his, I love his video, the video that <laughs> he, uh, he made. It's definitely working. I've seen a lot of people go to San Diego from that. I think it was a cool video. And, of course, Cowboy Prout along with him. Guy got a lot of uh, enthusiasm towards the league. Both of them do. Yeah, looking at the roster here, though, it's interesting. It's very interesting. Have three defensemen. One of them is capped, and two and the other two of them are nowhere close. So that's a very interesting situation. They have guys like Nicholas DeAndrea, Cowden uh, Voss, Edore James, Saint Louis, all these people who are at two forty plus and ready to go on to the DHL. But then they have guys like Giles Sweeney and Chris Houston, who are below 100, waiting to get their big moment, their big chance in that first line. So, I can't really tell how the season's going to play out for them.
3: I mean, yeah, their first pick in this draft was in the seventh round. Like, they they went all in last season. So, I think the fact that they still have guys like Dandrea and Fozzie, like, that, that's, that's really good. And um, I think their draft picks here, Yeah, the the is still pretty bare for seventy-seven too. So I guess they can tank. I mean, they lost to Mexico, and they lost to Mexico twice. A good team, but still, I mean, you could have a better start. And and the the goalies too, like. That Their goalie is 118 TPE. So, yeah, I don't think they're a contender this year.
1: Yeah,
2: so, I mean, they're probably not going to be a serious contender until 78 when they have a whole bunch of their picks stored up. But never count out waiver signings. If they can be active enough, um, you can get them over, like, 150 TPE towards, like, playoff time and also like the goalie Darcy Cat has to definitely pick up the pace here cuz it's very difficult to win meaningful games with a 118 TPA player who also has nothing in style control so going to be a lot of um or like a very difficult uphill battle here
1: um but they could sneak into the playoffs Uh, i mean i'm not expecting much
0: but to make a playoff spot, I could definitely see them pulling a 74 Marauders. A team that barely makes it in has to be a guy like Philly, who's also trying to make it in. And then from there, it's on a wild goose chase, you know? It goes completely insane. So I do wonder how, is, how Thad is going to adjust to having little to no picks next season while having such a rapidly growing roster and having a goaltender who recreated not even before he, um he hit the VHL. Which is interesting. So let's see how that works out for them.
2: Yeah, so I mean I think that it's also good at a level for Thad because if you're just looking at someone as a as a new GM, this is a great opportunity to not have to worry so much about competing immediately, but taking a season or two to truly understand STHS, um, like figure out lines, like get a hang of all how everything works as a VHLM GM, but then also take the time to primarily focus on the development retainment portion of the M. And continue to develop players, which is the biggest part of this job. Um, you know, take this opportunity. my advice at that is just continue developing players as best as they can be. sometimes that effort is gonna pay off, and you could potentially make a miami seventy three run but that only happens if you have a whole bunch of waiver players who buy in from the start commit, do PTs, not just welfare. And only then do I see them potentially making some kind of underdog run.
1: Yeah, I have to agree with you. But see
0: they began a lot of labor signings. And I know sad he's very he's very good when it comes to persuading people. And that video just says a lot about how he can use something so so unusual and like unknown to the VHL and make it work. He's a great guy, great GM. I can't wait to see what he does. And yeah, I like what you said about how he gets a couple of seasons you kinda of know him will find in and how to fully operate it, how to do the right things on there. So yeah, I'm I'm really excited to see how he does. One
3: well, last thing for uh, Miami or San Diego, sorry. I really like Aldo and Craig. I think they parted him in a trade not too long ago. But yeah, he really excites me, man. Like, wrote a media spot. He's already got the player sort of figured out. He really I like him. I think he has some promise for sure.
0: God, I got to agree with you there. I mean, Sky's the only for San Diego, and that just. just shows in the roster that just shows in who they got now if you guys have anything else to add let's look at uh, the Saskatoon wild Um, unlike other teams this year they hadn't done much when it comes to changing up their management and the roster is very interesting looking at it uh, their forward core not great Looks like they're building up for the future, just like San Diego, just like Ottawa, all these other teams are look they're building up for the future, and they don't even have a goalie, they don't even have a goalie, so I don't know, like I don't know what's up with sin with uh Saskatoon, but only time will tell, only time will tell.
2: Yeah, I think this is a very decisively team that's looking forward to the future and are not really going to be giving this season too much mind. Um one forward at 200 TPE, one at 123 rest all under 100. And basically an identical situation on defense as well, so
1: they're not making the playoffs is my bold call right now. I have to agree with you. This team not right now. <laughs> Those
0: are the three words I'm gonna say. Not right now for this team. Uh Saskatoon, great management, you know. Their first pick, if I remember correctly, the first pick wasn't until the fifth round, which already sets the tone for this team this season. You know, we're not expecting to go very far, but yeah, I feel like we're gonna have a great year that year. I feel like they're really gonna come out, they're gonna show they're gonna show some swagger have a little bit of pep in their step, if you know what I mean, and just take the league by storm like they did back in, uh, I do believe, 68, I think, or 69, around that area is where they won its extreme, extreme tear. You can correct me about that, Spartan, but about know, one year that they went on this
1: passive tear, and 78 might, might be that year again. Yeah, there's my hot take. A um, couple of players I'd like to highlight just on Saskatoon. Um, um, just
3: Griff McKenzie, um, uh, a welfare guy, maybe press conference too, but nice build, and I think that an 85 TPE forward being our leading scorer, right off the bat, not a good sign. I would also like to point out, and I'm going to butcher this name, but Jan Halazic, apologies in advance, but I've seen him around the forums now, like, I've seen him a couple of times, and he hasn't done much yet, in terms of TPE earning, but
1: I think there's definitely hope. i um, looking at their roster right now, I'm
0: seeing Jordan Heavens who's their only right-winger, and I know left-wing, right-wing doesn't really matter, but still, I wonder if Jordan Heavens will end up like Darius Marimoto in a sense where, you know, starts off low draft ranking, really picks up the pace and becomes a top scorer on their team and really just shows consistency and effort each and every single season
1: especially on a Saskatoon team but it didn't have much firepower. So who knows what's going to happen? Yeah, I think this is
3: a season where the waiver guys can get some points, get good minutes. And, yeah, I don't think much else to say there.
1: How much to say about Saskatoon? Do you have anything else to add, Spartan, Ledge? Oh, sir.
0: All right, now down to the final team in the VHL. I'm going to be covering, which is the Yukon Rush, led by Mexican Cow, Scotty Caberly from the inside.
1: Uh, I'm liking it. I don't know. There's something about this team I'm liking.
2: I mean, what you probably like is that they actually have plenty of players at every position. Um, I mean that's that's the best thing that this team has and that's availability. Um they have some interesting players, they've got a bunch of folks coming over from past seasons. So they could have a really good season. They got some nice waiver pick
1: pickups again or waiver waiver pickups, so yeah. I mean, they got Ernie King. He came back. He was was a free agent. Was he on UConn the season before? No, he was on Ottawa. He bounced around.
0: I remember he was on Philly for a bit, I think back in 73. Apparently to Ottawa, I didn't remember that. Now he's on UConn, so you can bring that talent on the defensive side. Along with guys like Olaf Samuelson, McGruber, up-and-coming uh, guys like Bridges, Jareds recreate Jared and Junior. Uh, then the forwards, you have guys like Jim Allen. You know, you have Daddy Derrick, Abe Roke, Michael Smith, and also Sovic. I remember I did a trade analysis. Or trade block analysis for um, Las Vegas, and I remember talking about Sovic and his impact on Miami and the Sky's the Limit. That's
2: all I'm going to say right now. Yeah, so Sovic's definitely bounced around quite a bit. Um well, Miami for for two seasons, then now Vegas, and then Yukon So definitely some some pretty interesting uh, things in in store for him, but. He's he's definitely won games. He's won 64 out of the 124 that he's played, so he has some very good potential.
1: Yeah, I mean, looking at not just their
0: forwards, their goaltending, their defense, but also their draft picks may not look that good, but they still have their first. So if they do bad, they still have that first-round pick they can use to draft the quality player. Apart from that, 5th and 6th and sevenths will get you much right then and there, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, I'm expecting playoffs like last season. I'm expecting playoffs, but I feel like they can go farther than the first round. I feel like they can go at least the second round. So what do you guys say about this team? Um,
1: I mean, I really
3: like the team in general. And I think you guys are going to pretty good detail on it. I'd like to shine a spotlight on one player that I've seen. Elvis Michael. Um, user ATST. I've seen them run a form a lot. And the build is, I mean, 80 into scoring right away. So it's, it's bold. And I th- I think you can definitely build on it. And I think if you can, if you, if you, uh, Yukon can get him past well there, you've
1: got a pretty active user. I agree with you. I mean, I'm liking the way this guy's looking.
0: Again, the sky's the limit. I know I say that a lot, but that's like my little it's like my little term here. With uh, players who are 100 and below, they have so much opportunity, so much potential. And this Yukon team is built for the
1: now and also built for the later. So they're in a good spot. They're in a good spot. Yeah, I mean that's that's about all I got for UConn. Pretty good analysis by you guys there. Uh yeah.
0: Same here. Um do believe that's all the teams. Yep. Um yeah, there you have it. It's been the first episode of Bobo Talks featuring Ledge and Spartan.
2: Thanks for having me on, Bobo.
0: Yeah, me too. So-